I'm Lindsay Wilson, the Queen of Glam, and this is the podcast, Business of Glam. I created this podcast to help us all find the magic in business and everyday life. With over 20 years in the beauty industry, you name it, I've probably done it, avid product and fashion enthusiast, entrepreneur, and a single 40-year-old woman on a quest to live my best authentic life, I wanted to bring you people and resources to help inspire you to do the same. In balancing all life has to throw at us, the highs and the lows, I hope we can learn to ride these waves together to find the true essence of glam. Because at the end of the day, I think what we are all craving is community, connection, and a sense of not being alone. So join me on this journey to turn glam outside in. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm excited uh, to be here. So thanks for having me. Uh, I am a breakup recovery coach. I work primarily with women in my uh, coaching program, the breakup to badass formula. So I help you let go of your ex. You learn to love that F out of yourself. And then you are ready for your best relationship yet, which is really with yourself, but also you will be really equipped to uh, handle healthy relationships in the future as well. It's amazing. How did you get into this? Uh, Based off of my own personal experience. So uh, the pandemic happened and I was actually a singer and an actress in New York and my industry shut down and I didn't know what I was going to do at the time. And my friends kept saying, like, have you ever thought about being a life coach? Have you ever thought about being a life coach? And I hadn't thought about being a life coach, to tell you the truth. Uh, but after <laughs> you're, hearing it. <laughs> you're telling me something that I should know, but I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like after a few of your close friends, when they keep saying the same thing, you should listen. Yeah. And so I started investigating it and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go and get certified as a life and relationship coach and just see how I feel about it. And honestly, it was like the best decision I could make because one weekend to that program, I knew that I was in the right spot. So as I was coaching people, I was really enjoying it and I was wanting to figure out who do I want to work with? And so I decided, you know what, I really want to work with women who are going through a breakup or divorce because I've been through this and I, I know what that pain is like. I know how isolating it can feel. And because I was able to figure out how to get myself to the other side, I'm like, this is something that I should teach because I know it's needed. And it's something that I wish that I would have had for myself when I was going through it. 100%. That's kind of what the principle of getting through a breakup is. Listen, it is grief. Um, and I compare it to a death. It's very much like a death, except the person is still alive. So in some cases it's even, it's even worse because that person is going on with their lives and you are no longer a part of it. So, you know, a lot of it, uh, women tend to think that it really, the, the, the focus needs to be on the X and what do the X do and why did they do what they did? But once you start working with me, you realize that we really don't spend a lot of time on the X. The time is spent on you because you are the common denominator. Um, and you're the most important person in your life. So we need to learn how to put you first. So really that's, that's kind of the, the, the premise of working with me is that I really teach you what it means to love yourself, what self-worth looks like in your life, and then how to apply it. So when you are uh, really in your worth and you know what you bring to the table, you're not going to abandon yourself anymore. 
-hmm. You're not going to put yourself in situations where you pretend to be okay with things that you're not okay with. You're okay with walking away from people who don't quite fit the bill of what you want. You're not settling for almosts anymore. So that's kind of the premise. Do you think that's where we mostly go wrong? Is that we kind of settle into relationships and lose ourselves inside of them? Yeah. You said some, you said two things, uh, lose yourself. The thing that stuck out to me is when you said you lose yourself inside of them, it's exactly what happens. And I find that with so many of the women that I've worked with, that's the one thing that they keep telling me is, oh my gosh, I feel like I've lost myself. I don't even know who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling the same way. And it's because what happens is you tend to put all of your focus on the other person. What do they need? What do they want? Are they liking me? Are they into me? How can I make this easier for them? But what, where are you in the equation? And I think especially, I know that you primarily work with women. I think as women, mm-hmm. we do that a little bit more than the other side. Yeah. Because if you think about it, we're taught to be selfless from a, from a very young age. So mm-hmm. where has it ever been modeled to you to put yourself first? Yeah. You know, some people think that it, it means that you are selfish and it's like, no, you're actually better equipped to help other people when you learn how to take care of yourself first. Yeah. You're not a martyr. Right. How do you kind of help your clients identify like how to set those boundaries and how to set those expectations of what they're looking for in a partner? Yeah. So I have you look at your last few relationships and whatever it is that you weren't getting, whatever it is that was missing, those are things that are very important to you. So they become your deal breakers moving forward. So, you know, let's say you were in a relationship where you just never felt prioritized. You just felt like, gosh, I'm always coming in last. Like, I feel like we only see each other every few weeks. You know, I I really want to feel like I'm important to this person in their lives. Then that's going to be very important for you moving forward, right? right? So maybe getting with someone who is a workaholic is not going to work for you mm-hmm. <laughs> because- there's going to be no space for you. Right. I think there's, you know, there's a list for your non-negotiables. Those are the things that you don't bend on because what tends to happen is you feel like, okay, I, this is really important to me in my life. And then you meet someone and they have so many great attributes, but some of the things that are really important to you, Mm -hmm. they don't quite fit the bill. And then you start to bend and then you start to negotiate with yourself and you go, oh, well, it's not so bad. I could be okay with this. And you start to, you know, you do that dance and then you end up in a shit show of a relationship because the things that were super important to you, you decided to bend on. So yeah, I think it's very important to have a list of your non-negotiables. And I'm not talking about like you know, a superficial list of like, oh, he's got to be six one and he's got to make this kind of income. No, no, no. I'm talking about the deep stuff that really matters at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. How do you think that we can all identify him? Because I think it is easy to get caught up to like, maybe you meet the right person, but it's really hard. Maybe they don't fit like the physical bill that you've had in your mind or the picture that you have in your mind, but emotionally, they provide what you're looking for. Yeah. How do you kind of break those? Right. Bills? So I actually had, it's interesting that you asked that because I just had um, one of my clients that I was coaching around this. And so her type physically is someone who looks like the rock. So all of her exes, she has a very specific type. Okay. Yeah. And so with all of the work that we've done, 
she is now very clear on what she wants in a relationship. And so these guys that are coming into her orbit don't quite fit that look that she is used to. And so the thing is, is that chemistry can build. You know, we we're used to like rom-coms where it's like that love at first sight. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I've got the butterflies and whatever. But in real life, that's actually not what a healthy relationship is. Right. And so I asked her to think about, I was like, have you ever had people in your life where maybe upon meeting them, you weren't the most attracted to them, but then after spending time with them and their personality and their values and how they just, how they're operating in the world, they became really attractive to you. She's like, yeah. I was like, this is how you treat dating. This is how you treat dating. Because if you're only going for exterior, yeah, then you're going to be missing out on all of the really important stuff. Like, do I feel safe around them? Is there trust? Are they communicative? Mm -hmm. Is there spontaneity? Because for some people, that's really important. They want spontaneity in their relationship. Are they into adventure? You know, all of these things that are actually way more important. So I'm not saying that chemistry is not important, sure. but it's okay if upon first date, you're not feeling like huge sparks. So kind of push through, go on the second date, see where the chemistry builds. Yes. Yeah. Unless it really just feels like, I always say, are you intrigued by this person? Would you want to go on a second date? If the answer is yes, do it. If you feel completely turned off, like you're just not into them as a human, it just doesn't, then no, don't, don't force yourself to do something that you really don't want to do. But I want us to get out of this mindset of like, oh my gosh, if I don't feel butterflies in my stomach, if I don't feel sparks, you know, if it doesn't look like something straight out of a movie, this is not my person. What do you think rom-coms, since we're talking about them, have kind of taught us about relationships mm -hmm. and kind of those myths that maybe we should get rid of? Yeah, I think that rom-coms, as much as I love them, they're really ass backwards when it comes to <laughs> showing us what love looks like, you know, and it's unfortunate because we grow up with them. So it's very misleading for like young women that watch this because basically in a nutshell, what women are being taught is that it doesn't matter if you have an amazing career. It doesn't matter if you have a fantastic life. It doesn't matter if you have an awesome friends and family, your life doesn't really begin until you have a partner. And so the, so women go on now they're growing up and they're doing all of these wonderful, amazing things in their lives, but they feel like something is missing because there's not a partner there. Mm -hmm. And so I love, love, let me just say that I love, love, and I love healthy relationships, but you can still have an amazing life with or without a partner. You are not more worthy. If you are in a relationship, you are not less worthy because you are not in a relationship. And I think that's where we have to get out of that notion that, you know, that Jerry Maguire line, I would say that you complete me is actually a really dangerous line. We don't want anyone to complete us. Also, that's like an immense amount of pressure to put on somebody else. Right. right. I know. I always feel like sometimes like as being a single girl and a lot uh, in a friendship circle that yeah. a lot of people are in either a long-term relationship or a marriage or getting married, what have you. Yeah. Sometimes I do feel like all they want to talk to me about are, is my dating life or the men that are in my life. So how right. can we kind of change that narrative for us single women out there to be able 
to be okay standing on our own and having interesting things to talk about besides what are what's happening in our dating and love life. Right. <laughs> you take control of the narrative. You can take control of the conversation. You decide, you know, if someone's asking about your dating life and that's not really where you want the conversation to go, you can lovingly shut it down and, and steer in another direction. You don't have to go into detail as to why you're single, yeah. you know? It's yeah. like the same thing, like when I, you know, when I'm, I'm coaching clients and I'm like, you know, think about your friends that you know that have settled, right? So when someone asks you why you're single, would you ever ask someone, why'd you settle? You would never oh, ask someone It that, is right? so shocking that everybody feels like, okay, <laughs> we're just a bunch of crazy right. people like running out into the world that like, I was like, I just haven't found somebody that I like want to settle down with. There's That's been it. And that's it. Yeah. That that's it. And how beautiful is that to like own that? I haven't found somebody that I want want to settle down with. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to continue doing my life. I'm going to continue running my business. I'm going to continue traveling. I'm going to continue doing the hobbies, the things that light me up. Yeah. My life still continues. I know I always tell people, I'm like, just because I'm not in a relationship doesn't mean that I don't have a fulfilling life. Like, I have a lot of amazing friends. I have an amazing family. I have a business. I have amazing people that work with me. And, like, I feel okay with where I am in the world. So, yeah. And that's absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you don't have to justify it. I think, do you think there's a little bit of, like I said, some people want curse. Oh yeah. Everybody reply. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think like, also like if we're looking, you know, like in the 1950s, if you just look at ads, right. The woman was the homemaker. Mm -hmm. The woman belonged in the kitchen. She didn't really belong anywhere else. Now in today's day age, like women are running the world. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Right. We're, we're more than just, and there's nothing wrong with it. And again, there's nothing wrong with a stay at home mom. There's no. nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying we have a different place in the world now that we didn't, ne- we weren't necessarily allowed before. Mm-hmm. So times have changed. Yeah. Times have changed. We're taking up more space. Right. So it doesn't just become about procreating anymore. Right. And again, nothing wrong with that if that's what you want. But there's also nothing wrong with that if that's what you don't want, or if that's not something that you have in this moment, or if that's not your focus. I agree. How do you think, because I feel like this comes up a lot and we know the Shakira and all of the celebrities that have cheating scandals. How do you kind of deal? Mm -hmm. I feel like when you talk to women, obviously owning a salon, we get a lot of breakup stories and a lot of women that come in and I think that we kind of feel a little bit like we've done something. We're not enough when somebody goes out and uh, yep. how can we kind of break that cycle? Yeah. It's actually a problem with them that they wanted to cheat and lie and have flaws in their life. Right. Yes. How can we all kind of move on? I was like men and women. I know a lot of men that have also been in that situation where you kind of, feel unworthy or you feel like something's wrong with you and that's why they want to venture out right we make it about us so that's what happens when you know 
whether it's a betrayal and a betrayal really hits deep. So infidelity really hits deep, but whether or not it's infidelity or not, uh, and a relationship doesn't work out 90% of the time we make it about us. There must be something wrong with me. I must not be good enough. I must've done something wrong. You know, why can I keep someone? And then in this specific scenario, it becomes, you know, what was it in that person that I didn't have? And so first of all, it's totally normal to think these things. But it is exactly what you said, them venturing off and doing what they thought they wanted to do or needed to do has nothing to do with them, with you. It Mm -hmm. has to do with their own shit that they haven't dealt with. And so, okay, well, where were you to have this conversation? There was a conversation to be had before you go off and you do the thing, right? There's also a conversation of, I don't want to be with you anymore so that I can go off and do the thing. Mm -hmm. So there were things that could have taken place that didn't take place. And so you're not responsible for another person's behavior. You can't control what somebody else does. This is something that I I talk about a lot with the women that I work with, because that shame and blame is very real. And Mm -hmm. I know it from my own personal experience, but it's not on me. It's like, especially if you tried to have conversations and they weren't open to it, or you felt kind of shut down, or you feel like they checked out, how can you control them? Then you decide, where do I want to go from here? Now, moving forward, when I have this conversation, because the second part of this is that, you know, my clients will go, well, I'm scared that I'm going to end up in another relationship where someone cheats on me. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm like, you know, I really want you to think about this. A lot of the times there are signs, there are things that just feel off, you know, our, I always say a woman's intuition is her gift. Mm-hmm. It's a gift. We just don't trust it half the time, but man, we get those hits. They don't even make sense half the time. We have nothing. We have no clear evidence of anything, but something doesn't feel right. That's mm-hmm. when you got to get curious. Mm-hmm. That's when you got to trust. Okay. I, I can trust this because I've been in this kind of scenario before and just something doesn't feel right to me. I need to get curious here. What's happening. What is this about? You know, yeah. when I found my ex <laughs> one morning, we were, we were looking at his phone. He was showing me something that he wanted to buy. And a message came up from a dating app. And I oh, felt God. like I had been sucker punched. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, but when I look back, am I surprised? No, there were things leading up to that, that were red flags. Mm -hmm. One of them being, uh, he didn't want to be friends with me on Instagram. He didn't want me to see his Instagram page, something that I didn't even think twice about. I was like, Oh, look, my boyfriend's on Instagram. Let me friend him. And it was a whole fight about it. That's one thing. There were many other things. So it wasn't shocking. It was so hurtful, absolutely, but it wasn't shocking because there were things leading up to there that I was choosing to ignore. And that's, again, that's not to blame, but we have to have also a level of awareness of what was I looking away from? What was I not to see? What was I choosing to ignore? Yeah. What tough conversation did I not want to have? I had this conversation with somebody recently of I've become aware of, is this a past trigger for me? So what is kind of, this is my question is, what is your advice to clients? Because I think there are situations where we have a red flag that goes up, but I've started to kind of look at things and say, is that a past trigger that I have 
and I need to trust into this relationship and trust into it until they prove to me otherwise? Or is it an intuition that something is happening and I need to be more alert? Yeah, I love this question. So past triggers, you know, triggers are going to happen. So even when you're, you know, doing healing work, part of being in a relationship is to actually continue to heal because stuff come up for you, right? Stuff is going to come up for you so that you can work through it. It's not something to be scared of. But for me personally, when I think about how can I trust what's coming up for me, from a spiritual perspective, when you're being guided it's like a very still voice. It's like almost like a certainty. When it's our brain, our chatter, it's like anxiety. It's really loud. It's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? It's like, it's like a thousand voices. Yeah. When you're being guided, it's very clear. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. It's super clear in your body. Yeah. How do you work out that noise? Because it's really easy to get anxious. And feel that anxiety inside of a relationship, especially a new one that you're not oh, yeah. trusted or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to become aware of the voice. You don't want, so what we do is we buy into our thoughts. We have like a million thoughts a day and so many of them are negative. And if we bought into every thought, we probably wouldn't move from our room. <laughs> right. <laughs> In so all areas of our curious about. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. All areas of our lives. Exactly. We wouldn't move. If we were waiting to not feel fear, if we were waiting to not, we wouldn't move. We would be like cemented in our chair. Mm -hmm. So the way that you're able to be discerning in other areas of your life about stuff, you need to start being discerning in this area of your life when it comes to relationships, when it comes to romantic relationships. So when that voice pops up, you start to question it. Who's talking right now? Yeah. Who is this? Where is, it, where is this coming from? You start to curious now because it's like, if you're going to go on dates, right? And you have cheated on and your mindset is that all, all guys are cheaters. Well, how far is that going to get you? Right. You know, when I talk to women and they're like, I'm just scared. There are no good guys out there. I'm like, I'm sure that you can think of a few guys that you know that are great. And I also want you to think about yourself as a human. Like, I'm like, you're a good guy, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, so can we assume that there are other good humans out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Great. So it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm letting you into my life automatically, but because now I've got my boundaries in place, I've got my non-negotiables. I know how to check in with my body. I can be discerning. I can be curious in relationships. I can be curious while I'm dating. So that if something doesn't feel right to me, I'm okay with questioning it. Mm-hmm. What do you think, not only just in like moving on past a relationship, but when are you ready to get into the dating game? And is there kind of a certain timeline of when you have that conversation of, I don't want you seeing anybody else. I think a lot of women and men get caught up in not wanting to be too available or too desperate seeming or what have you that they kind of just let it right out. Yeah. Uh, so you asked two different things when, so first question you asked was like, when do you feel ready to start dating again? Right. So that to that, I would say is when you get to a place where you have accepted 
that your relationship is over. You're no longer longing for your ex to come back because what happens is that we have, we don't want to accept what's going on. So the relationship is over, but we're still pining over our ex. We're still checking their social media. We're making up stories in our head of maybe they'll come back. Maybe we can still work this out. When you get to a place of acceptance, like, yes, I have love for this person and that's okay. But I accept that we will no longer be together and that we will not continue together. And you've done that work on yourself, that healing work to really build yourself up, build your self-esteem, build your self-confidence, the self-worth, self-love. It's all like under the same umbrella. That's when you're ready to start dating. So when people are like, oh my gosh, but I still, you know, I, I still miss my ex sometimes. I'm like, that's okay. It's not a problem. You're making it a problem, but it's not a problem. Mm-hmm. As long as you're like, you know, you might walk down the street and maybe walk by your cafe and it might remind you of them. That could happen years later. It doesn't mean that you need to be with them. It doesn't mean that you're, you're being, you know, you're not active. You're not acting on the, the thought. It's okay. It's normal. I don't believe in like, oh my gosh, you need to give yourself at least like like a, a specific timeline, like six months, nine months. It doesn't work that way. Every person's different. You know, I have women that work with me. It's a three month program and two months in they're over it. They're ready. I have other women that they finish with me three months. They're not ready to date yet. They just kind of want to date themselves. That's cool too. So I don't want people to feel pressured that it has to be, you know, I need to give myself a year. I need to give myself. No, 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 no. When you're proactive in your healing, you can actually expedite the timeline. So your second question was, uh, remind me. The second part was how can we kind of work through like me personally, I hear all the time, I'm not ready for commitment or I'm not ready for X, Y, and Z, but that's kind of what I'm looking for. And that's a non-negotiable for me. So when is kind of that perfect timeline of being able to have that conversation? Because I think sometimes we feel like, oh, it feels desperate to have that conversation or they, I'll wait for them to have that conversation either way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important to know right off the bat what someone is looking for. Mm -hmm. And you know what? People that are looking for the same thing that you're looking for, they won't have a problem answering that. Yeah. And people that are like, whoa, this is too much. Well, there's your answer, right? If you're looking for a relationship and someone has a problem saying, I'm also looking for a relationship, that's not your person. Where are you going to go from here? There's nowhere to go. But if you're like, hey, uh, what are you, you know, what are you looking for? And they're like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking to settle down. Cool. We're on the same page now. We're on the same page now. There's nothing wrong with finding that out. You can find, if you're doing dating apps, there's like, you can check that off. I'm looking mm-hmm. for a relationship. I'm looking for marriage. I'm, I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know is an answer. When people say, I don't know. That is an answer. Yeah. Okay. We don't need to, we're not, cause what happens with, I don't know is we hear, I don't know, but that's not what we're hearing. We're hearing maybe, okay, cool. I'm going to convince you now. I'm going to convince you that you want a relationship with me. Absolutely not. When someone says, I don't know, cool. That's not a problem. I, but I do know. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say peace out. Thank you so much. This was lovely. But you know, I really want to, I really want to meet people who are on the same path as me. What is wrong with saying that? That's what, when you know, this is again, like why self-worth is so important because when you know what it is you want, you're unapologetic about it. 
Mm-hmm. You don't need to be playing small. You don't need to pretend you don't care when you actually do care. You don't need to be playing like, oh, I don't want to appear too needy. This is not needy. This is not needy. This is your life. Yeah. What do you think is the number one thing that keeps us from moving on in relationships? Not having acceptance because what's happening happening is, is that you created a future in your mind that is now no longer. And it's really hard to let go of that future. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can all think back to that. I can think back to it, you know, with, with my ex, I created a future that we were going to spend our lives together. I thought this was the man I was going to marry. Yeah. That was really hard to let go of. Mm-hmm. because now what now what yeah but now what can be amazing mm-hmm. now what can be amazing with the right person now what can be amazing without the without a person so it's really getting to that place of acceptance when you're not romanticizing them which means that like you're not making them out to be someone other than who they were you know when women tell me like oh my ex was amazing and blah 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 and I'm like, okay, let's let's talk truth now, okay? Because I know that there were aspects of them that were fantastic. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been in a relationship, right? Okay. But let's talk about the other stuff. Let's talk about that other stuff. Because mm-hmm. that's the stuff that you're not looking at right now. Mm-hmm. Because you've got like rose-colored glasses on. You know, you've made your ex out to be Prince Charming. Yeah. What do you think is the best way to break something off? You know, we all know the Carrie Bradshaw Sex in the City post-it note breakup. Post-it? Oh, yes. horrible. Coward. Life in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we come into a world of ghosting, not returning yep. calls, um, yep. text message breakups, you know, Mm-mm. which is, I think, the new post-it note, right? How it is a new post-it note. and it's the best way to kind of end things with somebody? In the same way that you would want someone to end things with you, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is with the love and respect and care that you gave to the relationship, which means that you sit down face to face and you have a conversation. Now, I'm not speaking to abusive relationships. It's a whole different topic. And I, I'm not speaking to, you know, narcissistic relationships. I'm just speaking to relationships whether they were toxic, whether they didn't work out, whether we now part ways, you know, we've gone as far as we can together. And I just don't see this going any further. It deserves a conversation. Mm-hmm. It deserves a conversation. Treat a person the way that you would want to be treated. So yeah, sure. It's the hard thing, but it's the right thing to do because imagine this is like turned around. Like if you're the one doing the breakup and you're like, oh, I'm just going to text them. Imagine if someone texted you that, how would it make you feel? Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all been there. I've gotten text messages. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you think? What are some tips and tricks in like our spiritual practice that we can withhold for ourselves to be able to fight through that noise and be able to stay on track? Because it is easy when you're kind of in that dating pool and, you know, they're seeing other women and maybe you do have trust issues or you've been hurt or wronged in the past. How do you kind of stay in that spiritual path and remind yourself what's important and how to stay clear on it? 
Yeah, I love this question. Um, we have an invisible army around us. We have angels and guides that are surrounding us always. And all they want you to do is just ask for help. Mm-hmm. So be in constant communication. I, I'm in constant communication. Like me and God, we were having conversations all day, every day. I'm unapologetic about my relationship with God. That can be whatever it is for you. You know, maybe that's the universe. Maybe that you call it creator, whatever you call it, whatever it is, your higher self, you can be in conversation. Um, a really great way to do that is to do it in the morning. I like to take out my journal and I write angels of the highest good. Thank you for revealing to me what you would have me know about whatever the situation is, whatever it is that I am seeking guidance about. And then I'm getting such clarity, such clarity where my mind is like all jumbled and I have a million and one questions. That simple practice able to get clarity. I love that. It's like such a, I mean, I think we're always just on a journey and a path and it's like kind of day by day always right <laughs> yeah absolutely do you have because it's that saying like god laughs when we make plans yeah it's true do you have any um like favorite dating sites or favorite ways to kind of put yourself back out there maybe post breakup or you're just ready to kind of get back out and date do you have any tips or tricks with that how's the woman to be in control Meaning that you're, you get to choose who you want to connect with. So you're not just going to be inundated with, you know, random messages. You get to be thoughtful and intentional about the messages that you want to send out to whoever, right? And so, you know, also real life, this still happens. Like people do, you know, meet in real life. And so who are you being when you are out in the world? You know, do you have a warm, inviting energy about you? Do you make eye contact with people? Smile at a person who might be cute? Because the thing is that guys are actually really nervous of rejection. So we, you need to give, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking from a heteronormative experience so that you can apply this to like all genders, but I'm right. speaking specifically to men and guys can be really nervous of rejection. So if you don't connect or smile then how are you going to be approached? You're not approachable in that way. So if you really want to be out in the dating world, you want to be out there and you don't necessarily, because I hear from women that don't necessarily want to do the apps. and like, that's okay. I mean, the apps just provide more of a pool. Mm-hmm. Then that just means that we're going to work on your energy so that you are in an inviting energy, that you're not scared to smile at a stranger or maybe ask a simple question while you're waiting in line at Starbucks or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be so deep. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have, I mean, obviously this goes in either direction or whatever sexual relationship that you're in, but do you think that you as the person that has created these standards, if you feel a connection with somebody, that you should shoot your shot and ask them out and take the lead in that? Absolutely. This is a modern day world. You know, I mean, if you are, you know, the person that's like, okay, I don't want to do that. I respect it, but there's also nothing wrong. If you want to be the person to say, Hey, I think you're kind of cute. Mm-hmm. Would you like to grab coffee sometime? You know, it's the yeah. worst thing that's going to happen. They say no. And you never see them again. Right. <laughs> okay. What's the best thing that can happen? You meet a really cool individual. 
that is also interested, that is also single, that is like, yeah, sure, let's go get a coffee. And then who knows where it goes from there. Mm -hmm. What is kind of your advice? I know that you mainly probably deal with like romantic relationships, but if you have another mm. type of relationship that you're looking to break off, like a friendship that's maybe running mm. and you want to end it, do you have tips and tricks for people that are kind of working through those? Yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting that you say that because the way that we do relationships, it's like the way that you do all relationships. So mm. the same thing would apply is that, you know, I like, it's interesting that you asked that. Cause I broke off like a 16 year friendship over the summer. I stepped away, you know, but I lovingly stepped away mm -hmm. because it's what I needed to do for myself. I felt that my needs were not being met in a friendship because even friendships, we have needs. And yeah. I had voiced those several times and nothing changed, right? So you can voice your needs. You can voice your concerns. It doesn't necessarily mean that the other person can meet you there. And I just saw that they couldn't meet me there. And so if I would continue that relationship, then now I'm enabling their behavior. And now I'm abandoning myself because I'd rather abandon myself than have the hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And because of where I'm at in my life, I no longer abandon myself. So I have hard conversations. Yeah. That was a tough one. I, I love this person to death. You know, this woman is like a sister to me, but we can't continue in the same way because it's not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. So I had to step away. And so it's not an easy thing to do, but I think that there's always a conversation to be had and, you know, and, and to think about it because it's a big thing to do. So like, have you had these conversations before? Have you stated your needs? Have you made requests? You know, have you like, what's happened? What's been the trajectory of that friendship? And if you've noticed, we've had these conversations, they say, sorry, but we still continue the same. This thing still continues to happen. It continues to happen, continues to happen and it's wearing on me, then yeah, then you have to decide for yourself, how do I want to move forward? Mm -hmm. Does this friendship add to my life or does it wear me down? I think something that I love that you said is that what we kind of do in our romantic relationships, we're kind of doing in our personal relationships in everyday life. So what oh, are yeah. tips and tricks of being able to set those boundaries with family that have been in our lives for forever or friends that have been through, like you said, 16 years is a long time where I was at 20 or 30 and now into my forties, I, I want to evolve and be a different human. So how do you kind of set those boundaries and kind of and say, maybe that was okay when we were 25, but now that we're 40, that doesn't really work for me anymore. I've kind of grown and evolved and realized that that doesn't serve my highest grade greatest guy. Yeah. Yeah. So not everyone can come with you into your next evolution mm -hmm. and that's a painful realization, but you know, I, I say this a lot because it's true. Not everyone is going where you're going. And right. so sometimes that's inventory that we have to do where we go, you know, this served me in my twenties, mm -hmm. but now my forties, this relationship doesn't really serve me anymore. Mm -hmm. So maybe they don't get a front row seat in my life anymore. I'm not saying for you to go and cut people out left and right, but it, not every relationship is meant to be for the rest of your life. And that includes friendships. That also includes family members. Some people, you know, family is, is tough because we don't choose them, <laughs> but you can, you know, you can choose 
how much access they get to you. You can choose when they get access to you, if they get access to you, what that looks like. You know, if there are certain topics that are coming up that you're not down for, you voice that. And if that's not respected, then you're probably going to have to be the one that leaves the room or whatever it is. But you, you make it very clear what the standard is. You make it very clear what you're a yes for. You make it very clear what you're a no for. And it's not that we're going around left and right being like, this is me and I don't bend. That's not what I'm saying. But if you want to be living in this world as an intentional human being who is walking in their worth, you're going to have to get used to saying no. Actually become your favorite word because that's the word you want to get used to saying. And it's the hardest one for us because we want to be a yes to everything. What happens is when you're a yes to everything, you forget yourself. Mm -hmm. What is some advice that you have for your clients that are going through a breakup that do feel like they lost themselves in the relationship and how to get back to and how to remind themselves of who they are and what their intentions are and how they want to be an intentional human in the world? So one of the biggest things about self-worth in a nutshell is that self-worth just means I'm no longer abandoning myself in order to please another. Mm -hmm. So when you start to get that ingrained in your body, I no longer abandon myself to please another. That means I no longer play small. I no longer pretend to be okay. I no longer bite my tongue. I speak up when something's not right for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to take up space in a room because I love who I am. I'm not going to pretend to be something that I'm not. The other thing is, is how do you speak to yourself? Because that's a big one. Because if we spoke to ourselves, if we spoke to other people the way that we spoke to ourselves, we would have no friends. Mm -hmm. It is, it's vicious in there. We are. <laughs> you know, we, we're, yeah. Absolutely. Savage, like with a capital S. Absolutely. Oh. And so you want to befriend yourself. Because how are you going to have your own back? If you don't learn how to do that for yourself, then you're always going to end up in relationships with people who can't give you what it is that you think that you need because you don't know how to give that to yourself. Mm -hmm. When you learn how to give this to yourself, when you learn how to self-soothe, when you learn how to lift yourself up, when you learn how to be kind and compassionate to yourself on your hardest day, when you feel like a failure, when you learn to do all that, you're going to up-level level your friendships. You're going to up-level your relationships. Your jobs are going to change. I've seen this happen time and time again for my clients because they're doing this work. You can't stay yeah. in the same in the same place. That's why I say not everyone can come with you because mm -hmm. not everyone is going to be able to receive you. Yeah. It's going to be too much for them because mm -hmm. now you're shedding a light. You're becoming a mirror of what they're not to themselves. What is some advice that you have? I think like one of the big words that I feel like I hear all the time in like relationships or on Instagram is the codependency. And obviously mm -hmm. we want in a relationship because we do want to have a partnership and we yep. don't want to necessarily be alone, but how do you kind of know those differences and what are some tricks of getting out of what would quote unquote be codependency? Well, codependency is when you feel responsible for another person. Mm -hmm. So even when you are in a partnership or you're in a marriage, you're not responsible. I said this at the beginning, you are not responsible for that person. 
-hmm. You may love that person deeply. You may want to pour into them. You may want to add to their happiness, but you are not responsible for their happiness. You are not responsible for their feelings. You are not responsible for whatever choices they're making or not making. And codependency is really when you become, you make it your mission to change that person, to fix that person for things to be different. I'm going to be the one to do that for them because if I do that for them, then this is, that's not a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. A healthy relationship is when two people come together who understand I'm here to help you expand. I want to add to your life. I want to add to your happiness. I want to add to your joy, mm-hmm. but I'm not here to just give you joy because you don't have it. Yeah. Again, so much pressure to put on another person. Mm-hmm. Speaking of codependency, what are some yes. of that you have for people that maybe have a friend that's going through a divorce or a breakup? How can we best support the people in our lives that might be going through or trying to make a decision? Because I think we've all been also put into the situation of like, you know, Jared's an asshole and we hate him and, you know, you need to leave him. And then you stay in it for five more years and you're a bridesmaid in the wedding and you were the one that said he was an asshole and that he shouldn't be, you know, in that person's life. So how do we find that boundary of being able to give our friends advice in their relationships? Because obviously, you know, there's two people and there's two sides and we're hearing the vent sessions, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, how can we best support those people yeah. in our lives? I like this question. Uh, so there's a few things here. One being that if this person has come to you several times and they've asked you for advice, cause there's sometimes people don't want advice. They just want to vent. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask my friends, are, are you looking for feedback or do you just want to vent right now? Just so I know what I'm getting into, right? right? Some people really don't want feedback. I have a friend. She wants to call me. She wants to bitch. She doesn't want my advice. She doesn't want, she will ask me for it. Right. If she wants, she'll be very clear. So it's, you need to be clear with that person. What is it that you're looking for right now for me? You're mm-hmm. wanting to vent about this. You're wanting to, okay. Now they, now they want advice, right? And they've come to you quite a few times. They want advice. Nothing's changed. Now it's time for a boundary. Now it's time for, hey, look, they come to you again. Look, you know, I, I I feel like I've offered all that I can, you know, with advice about this. And for whatever reason, that doesn't seem like something that you're wanting to do at the moment. And I respect that. But in order to respect this friendship, I'm just going to ask that you no longer ask me for advice because I feel like maybe what I'm offering is not something that you're wanting to do. And that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. but I'd love to talk about something else. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Because how many times can you t- tell Judy? Right. <laughs> I'm like, I don't have any advice here. I have nothing left to get. Yeah. Yes. How many times can you tell Judy? Like, yeah, the cheating that's happened five times. Yeah. It will continue for two, a sixth and then a seventh and an eighth and a ninth and a 10th. Mm-hmm. How many times can you tell her that? Right. She's got to figure that out for herself. The other thing I will say with this, because I've been there, my friends were sick of me. They were like, he is no good. What is going on? Like, Tal, you're a smart woman. Like what? But when you're in it so deeply and you've got these wounds and you're coming from that lack, you can't, you cannot. The only person you can work on is yourself. That's it. That is it. And then either the person also wants to work on themselves and involves with you, or they have to fall away. 
Yeah. So the other part of this, you know, for a person, you know, like if you have a friend who is going through a divorce or they are going through, you know, a breakup is to really give compassion. Because one of the things that I hear is like, oh my gosh, are you like, get over it. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you over it yet? And it's honestly one of the worst things that you could say to somebody. Yeah. It It is really one of the worst things you could say to somebody. You would not say that to someone who lost someone in their lives, right? Like if someone right. died, you would not tell someone you're still not over it. Mm-hmm. It's a heartbreak that hits really deep. Yeah. So as, as well-intentioned as it is to say that it's really an awful thing to say. <laughs> so for anyone listening, don't say that to your friends because yeah. they're, they're thinking, gosh, if I could be over it, I would be over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And we're always sick of ourselves a little bit somewhere deep inside, even oh if my gosh. coming back, you're like, oh, it's shameful. I know, but I can't stop myself. So you want compassion yeah. from your friends. Yeah. Send your friends to me. That's what I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) What is the best way for you to find your clients? Just so they find me online. Yeah. Yeah. On Instagram. Okay. So you can, you know, you can DM me and, um, especially if you have like a specific question about something that you're going through, I'll always point you in the right direction. I've got so much content on there around so much of what we talked about, um, on this episode. So that's really the best way. Amazing. And you predominantly work with women, but do you work with men as well? Yeah, I have worked with men, but in this program specifically, I work with women because I want it to feel like a safe space for them. And I think it's really hard for women to sometimes to open up even to each other. Mm -hmm. So then if I'm bringing a man into the program, then it becomes a bit more complicated. But I also work with women one-on-one because again, some women, they're not in a space where they want to open up to a group, right? That they're even in a space where they can support another woman because they're going through so much. Mm -hmm. So I offer both because it really depends on what you're looking for. Some women really want that. They want the community. They want to feel like I'm not alone. And some really just want like that one-on-one time that they get with me so that they can really move through the tough stuff without feeling like they're being judged, even though it's such a supportive space. Yeah. I love that. What do you do to kind of protect your energy and be able to provide (laughs) this amazing service for everybody? What are kind of your self-care and how you balance everything? Yeah. Well, I have a really uh, big morning routine that I do. Um, And I teach this in my program too. Morning routines are super important because that really gives you a chance to be grounded, you know, and we're the most open in the morning. That's why like when you look at any serious spiritual practice, any prayer, any meditation, all takes place in the morning It's because our minds are the most open and receptive. So I really make that a priority for myself. And then I make sure to get centered before I'm, you know, coaching a client because it's not about me. It's about them. Right. So I want to be, I want to be open to them and I'm extremely present with what they are saying to me. So that really helps. I know that when you first moved, to New York, you were a singer, songwriter, actress, like you said, do you do the whole Taylor Swift therapeutic, write your breakups mm-hmm. and your love songs? <laughs> so I was actually never a songwriter. Okay. Um, I, I didn't pursue that avenue because my focus was really, so I was like doing uh, gigs around the city from uh, like private gala events to singing at different hotels. And I was taking pop music and, um, 
giving it like a jazzy twist. So it would sound like it came out of like the 1940s or like the 1920s. Uh, so that was really fun for me. And then I was also focused on, I did a lot of musical theater. So it was like the Broadway type stuff. Yeah. So I never got into songwriting, although that's always been on my heart. Like I, I feel like I have so much that I could say, <laughs> but I did use med- music is medicine and it was always medicine for me. Um, especially when I'd be singing like Amy Winehouse type stuff or like Adele, like, you know, that catalog of heartbreak music. We all have that heartbreak music that we play over and over again. Do you think that's good for us to kind of work with music? I don't recommend it. I think like you, if you need a good cry, yes, but I don't think that should be your playlist. I think the opposite. I think you need uplifting stuff. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not the time to go into the catalog. And you know, unless you really need a good cry, sure. But if you're really trying to, <laughs> if you're really trying to lift your mood because it's already so heavy, then listening to that music is gonna, it, it's gonna do the exact opposite of what you need it to do. And so I ever is that that's your jam. Put stuff on that makes you want to get up and dance. I, I always actually do recommend dancing because not only is it fun. Not only is it going to change your energy, but you're moving that stuck energy that needs to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at the Taliardini. So like I said, if you are currently going through something like this, DM me. If you have a question, I always get back to you. Um, and then also I have a free guide, the four ways to move through heartbreak. And it gives you four tangible steps to start taking now so that you can actually move forward and start feeling better now. And that will be in the show notes. That's amazing. Thank you again. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and you've been listening to Business of Glam. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and don't forget to subscribe, review, and download this podcast. If you're ever in the Denver area, be sure to come by and see us at Glamour Bar. Until then, stay glam.